welcome back. We're here as On Brand Podcast Studio, and we're sitting down again with Mike Broadwater. How you doing, Mike? I'm good, Nick. Thanks. Good. So last episode, we talked about a little bit of the history of the school district, the last couple of levies we've seen, mm-hmm. and then digging kind of into the weeds of what does this levy include, and then also the most important question, which is the snow day question of how do I get more snow days? <laughs> Very important. Very important question. For kids, that's the most important <laughs> exactly. one. Exactly. They're like, superintendent, you're the snow day guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So in this episode, I really want to look at the two different futures. So the the vote is on November fourth, correct? November eighth. Oh, see, this is I'm glad that we're clarifying <laughs> that now. So November eighth. Yeah, November 8th. 8th. November cool. 8th yeah. So November 9th is going to look different because uh-huh. we're going to have a levy that passed or a levy that failed. So I want to talk about those two perspectives and what does that mean for the school district, for the teachers, for the students, and the community members. So do you want to start this conversation by looking at the pass side or the fail side? Well, I, I'm always going to go with the uh, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so okay. we're going to pass. Uh, but if we we look at the pass, you, you're not going to notice much different other than we're just going to keep doing what we do. And uh, right now, uh, we have such a good positive feel in the district. We got so many so many great things happening. Uh, the day after uh, and it passes, we know we can continue doing what we're doing and understand that the community appreciates it. I think for my teaching staff, for all my staff. That's important. Uh, it comes down to uh, do they feel supported by the community? I know the community does. They, they support what we do, but uh, that, that's kind of a good feeling. Uh, the high school busing piece, it's going to be a difficult one because uh, we want to bring it back as soon as possible, but right now finding school bus drivers is going to be difficult, right? Tell me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we did, we had a resolution passed last board meeting where we will take the funds earmarked for high school busing, put it on a line item. We're not going to spend it until we get high school busing back. It's going to be spent on high school busing. I don't need it for anything else. That's why we made it 4.9 mils. Um, and so hopefully we can get high school busing returned as quickly as possible. And that may mean next school year. You, you don't know because we'll need some additional drivers that, uh, again, are pretty difficult to find. But we'll be pretty excited to be able to transport our kids. We'll be pretty excited uh, for moms and dads driving their kids to school right now, stuck in that traffic. They'll be pretty happy as well. Uh, and then we're going to take a long, hard look at uh, our programming. Where do we think we can adjust? We're not looking to add. This isn't about adding. We put in the five FTEs to the first year, to the second year, one the third year. Uh, if we don't need them, we're not going to use them. If we need them, like, for example, we had a gifted program uh, coordinator, and that was taken away with the last round of cuts. And so uh, I hear a lot from community members and parents that, hey, what, what's going on with the gifted program? And so we would this year we'll take a very hard look at how can we bolster that and what's that look like. And so really with the passage, it's just let's just keep doing it. Let's keep going. Let's keep taking care of our kids. Uh, and it's a pat on the back from the community that, hey, we appreciate what you do. Uh, we want you to be fiscal sound with what you do, but we appreciate it. Uh, and so I think Loveland has so many great things happening. My wife and I come, uh, if not every weekend, every other weekend, we hang out downtown, we go by it. There's just so much great going on. Oktoberfest. Yeah, well, yeah, I saw you at Oktoberfest. Yep. Uh, selling tickets there. And, uh, I think that Loveland has such a bright future right now. And we just want to keep that going. We want to keep that going for our families, for our community. Uh, and, and I always say, I don't know what comes first, but normally when you see a great community, you're going to see great schools. Uh, very rarely do you see a great community with below average schools or vice versa, right? And who knows what comes first, but it seems to be a symbiotic relationship that we would like to keep going. And uh, I, I'm, 
I'm always going to be a glass half full guy, and we, we want to just keep doing what we do for kids. We're not looking to change anything other than with a strategic vision. Uh, can we uh, move resources from one area to another area? We talked about career pathways. So where does that come from? How's that look like? But it will the passage will allow us for some flexibility to be strategic in what we do instead of just putting out fires and, and trying to get by. Uh, and so that's the positive part of it, Nick, mm-hmm. uh, with the passage. That's, a, that's interesting. Now, there's two different terms I kind of want to clarify. So FTE, what's FTE stand oh, for? I'm sorry. No, yeah. you're fine. Uh, FTE is full-time equivalent. That's people, right? And so the five FTEs, it's five certified FTEs, so five teachers. Okay. And so we're not looking to add administrators, the, the classified part, which is all the support, bus drivers, food service, custodians, secretaries. Uh, we, we're struggling to fill those positions right now. And so... There will not be – we don't have enough of those positions filled right now to even think about any cuts there. We, we, we need to support kids and keep them safe. And so FTE, the five FTEs, when I say two the first year, two the second year, one the third year, it's teaching positions. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And the second thing, too, looking at those high school students, don't most of them drive themselves, or do you have a population that do ride share? We have, if, if you look at it as an old high school principal, I, I can tell you, the juniors and seniors, it ain't cool to ride the uh, the loser cruiser, right? They don't want <laughs> to ride the, the yellow limo. But what you have is your freshmen and your sophomores uh, are going to be the population that need the busing. But then you also have, uh, we have some socioeconomic uh, uh individuals that that it's a little bit tougher to provide a car for their their kiddo and so they're the ones that are going to be riding the bus as well normally what's going to happen is they get the junior senior year they'll find a buddy and they'll ride but the sophomores and the freshmen the uh the oldest child going to high school those those are the kids you're going to see on the bus and uh, i've sat in this this room talking to uh, a family that moved to Loveland because of the schools. They were fired up to be here, heard so many great things about the schools, and then they asked, well, when is my freshman going to get picked up by the bus? Uh, and that's when they found out that we didn't have busing. And it was a uh, it, it probably would have been a deal breaker if they could have broke the deal because they both worked early and they didn't know how they were going to get their kid to school. And so uh, high school busing doesn't affect you until it affects you, right? And uh, so we have some families that it will certainly help out with the, with the busing. Nice. That's very good points. Looking at the flip side of the coin. So let's say November 9th hits, because again, November 8th is voting day. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if November 9th hits and we don't pass the levy, what does that day look like? Well, that day is when, uh, as a central office team, it, it really comes down to our human resources because that's 86% of our budget. We will sit down and start looking at how do we least affect kids in the classroom. That's what we're always going to try and do. Um, Board of Education is going to have to develop a plan. At some point, additional revenue is going to be needed. Does that mean you're going right back out? You're going later? What does that mean? So the Board of Education is going to have to kind of give us a, a direction as far as what they would like us to do, cut, or are we look whatever it may be with them. But I can tell you for me, my biggest concern is we had already cut the 47 staff members, so I can't – the classified, there's not much left to cut, uh, if anything, because we don't have those positions filled. Administratively, uh, we are second lowest in the county for administrators' uh, expenditures per pupil. We're not heavy uh, in administration, and uh, our billing administrators, 
we need to have to keep kids safe, right? We don't have uh, a lot of building administration. We have one at our early childhood center. We have one at our elementary or our primary. We have two at our elementary. We have two at our intermediate. We have three at our middle school, and we have four at our high school, which is our largest building. So we are staffed appropriately as far as administration to keep our kiddos safe. So there's not much there. Uh, central office, if you can find one, two, three, it's still not going to make a dent in the $3.6 million deficit. So now what you're looking at is what programming in the classroom do we have to eliminate? Um, and that's just a place where I really don't want to be because I, I think we offer so many great programs. It's such a great, reasonable um, price right now with the bang for buck. But it's going to be figuring out how do we least affect kids uh, and cut expenditures. It's a hard conversation to have. It's a very hard conversation to have because no matter what you do, it's going to affect. Uh, first of all, it's going to affect kids, and uh, you you will hear um, when you if you have to cut one program, you'll have individuals saying, "Well, why don't you cut a different program because we like this program?" There's no good answer to any of that. Just as the example, the gifted program that was uh, the coordinator that was eliminated the last round of cuts. There are plenty of parents upset that we don't have that position, right? And and uh, so you, you have to make very difficult decisions, and that's why we, we kept this millage, 4.9, as low as possible so that we can just keep doing what we're doing. But it'll be hard conversations, and it comes down to people because 86% um, of our budget, Nick, we said was people. Right. 10% of it is purchase services, which is for most of us through Hamilton County Educational Service Center. That's your occupational right. ther therapist, your school psychologist. Uh, and those are positions that you're required by law to have. And so 86 plus 10 gives you 96% of your budget. It's kind of spoken for. The other 4% is your curriculum, your, your dry erase markers, no more chalk. Uh, but uh, that's where we are. So there's there's very little discretionary funding for us to cut. It's going to be people. And if you look at our extracurriculars, we lean on our current parents right now um, quite a bit. If you look at our extracurricular participation fees, they are $310 per student, per athlete. No break if you play two or three sports. No break if uh, a family has three or four kids playing. It's $310 for each sport they play. That's the highest in Hamilton County. Uh, Butler County, if we're not the highest, there might be, I can't remember if there's one higher, but uh, we have our families uh, doing, doing their part with all of that. And so there is no discretionary funding that you can look at. And so the, the idea of high school busing, the Board of Education would have to make the decision, but my guess would be that probably would be off the table, uh, and uh, that would be unfortunate. And just talking about some of those teachers, because, again, that's, that's what's going to be impacted if, if that November 9th ends up being a, a no in the vote. So looking at those teachers, how many teachers do you have employed right now? Uh, I, I believe about 250. I think 230 of them live in my neighborhood. <laughs> I'm like 80% sure because everyone's a teacher. Yeah, well, you've got an educated neighborhood. Yeah, oh, it's insane. And yeah. it's funny. When I originally moved into this commute, like into my Loveland house, which is that was my goal, was just getting to Loveland, and there was a – literally a flag football game with they had the actual cones set up uh -huh. in the end zones i think they i think they stepped it out like it was a legit yeah. flag football game and it, they probably had 30 kids playing yeah. right yeah. and because everyone's teachers so they all know each other and it's a great community and everything too and it just hurts to see 
we're at this point, right? And say like one of the, these families are going to be impacted by this. It does. So, I mean, like, what does that look like? I mean, that's a pretty big staffing cut for, for the, the population to keep us kind of where we need to be. Do you see these teachers st- sticking around? Do you think you're going to lose this talent to other communities? Well, the, the beauty of Loveland City School District is we are one of the best, if not the best, public school district. And so our teachers stay because um, they have feel supported throughout the years. And we have just an unbelievable teaching staff, whole staff. Our teachers are this is the best teaching staff I've worked with. They're unbelievable. Uh, and I will tell you. You hear that, Anderson? Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are just very, very dedicated. But to, the, to your point, the reason I say that is, over 50% of our teachers live in this district, Right. okay? And so what that means, you have a great school district, you also have people that want to be here. Mm-hmm. It also means if the levy passes, what are those teachers paying? They're, they're paying that property tax uh, for the levy, which is why they're people paying. get raises, right? right. And so that it, it all goes hand in hand. What does a community want to be known for? Uh, and this community has been known for taking care of their kids and taking care of their community very, very well. But in terms of retainage, I think... Um, what happens is, I think I mentioned we had a $3.6 million deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot cut your way out of a deficit spend in, in education. And the example I'll give you yeah. is we just cut 47 staff members two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Where are we today? It's still in deficit. We're back uh, because the inflationary adjustment is just not there. So what would happen is at some point you can't cut enough to get to the 3.6 million because of safety you know you, you have to have individuals watching over kiddos and so as that deficit continues uh you're going to have the state of ohio come and knocking and saying hey how are you getting out of this deficit spend and you don't have any cash balance what are you doing how are you going to do it and the state of ohio normally is going to say hey you need to to ask for a levy right and so that ends up being a little bit higher so it's kind of a uh, a difficult conversation. Uh, it's one that can be very simple with the passage on November 8th. If it's not passed, what I don't like to do, and, and I've been out many, many evenings, I don't like to make threats. I'm not here to make threats. I'm here to just give information. And uh, when you run a levy campaign, uh, I don't think we're, we're not here to scare people, just to let people know this is what's coming. Right. right. And so uh, there are going to be programs that have to be eliminated. Uh, what that looks like, we'll have to sit down. And again, how do we keep it away from the kids as much as possible? Because that's why we're here is to take care of the kids. And uh, what that means, those are tough conversations. It's easy. It, it's easy to do the math and do the cutting, but it's the conversations are hard as to what programming do you eliminate? And uh, we, we just don't want to enter into those discussions. Let's avoid those conversations. Let's avoid those conversations. Yes. And, and the purpose of asking um, in November is so that we can do that and so we don't have to uh, give, give threats or anything like that. It's just a we want to run the organization properly, right? We, we, we are at a good time where we can ask for the least amount and just keep doing what we're doing and, and just run the, run the business like we should and, and let the community tell me as a superintendent, hey, Mike, this is what we want, or hey, Mike, we don't want this, and we'll find that out November 9th. 
What's your best format for community conversations? I mean, you said that a couple of times, right? That you, you're you're sure. always interacting in the community. Other yeah. than making amazing podcasts with us, <laughs> right. how else do you have right. these conversations? Do, I mean, do you ever get on Facebook and be like, oh, hey, like shots we did. fired? Or, we nice. did Facebook Live Monday night. Uh, and we had, I think, about 50 people, one of which was my wife. Uh, for, uh, so for 49. About, yeah, right. right. Well, she watched for about three minutes and told me <laughs> what, what, what I could improve. But no, uh, it, we, did, we did the Facebook Live. We try and find all sorts of different venues. I, for me, what I really enjoy is just the the personal ones where you can just stand in a driveway and have a conversation. And uh, I'm at the point in my career and in my personal life, we have five kids. All five are out of the house. And so I've got the time and, and I enjoy uh, going out and, and I've gotten to see some of the neighborhoods. I understand where they are now and then the people. But I really enjoy the face-to-face conversation. The uh, social media sometimes is a great way to get information. But in terms of changing anybody's mind or making a difference, social media doesn't really do that. Uh, and so we try and make it as personable as possible. The Facebook Live was a way to reach people that maybe couldn't get out. This, doing the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. is another way to, to try and do that. But uh, I have not turned down one single invite to come to the driveway and talk. I'll do that all day, every day. And uh, hopefully November 9th, I get invited to go talk about career pathways and what our AP program looks like. And we get back to talking about education. So Excellent. I can't wait to get all this behind us and get back down to business of educating kids as usual. Thanks again, Mike, for all that you do for our community. This has been Jungle Podcast with Mike Broadwater, presented by On Brand Podcast Studio right here in Loveland, Ohio. Make sure to get on vote November 8th, and we'll talk to you again next week. Go Tigers. <laughs>